Welcome to Life Talks with Stephen and Pam. This is a great day and we are excited. Pam, we've got two of our dear friends here in the living room. Yes. Yay. <laughs> our very, very lifetime friends, I believe, Eloy yeah. and Stephanie Martinez. They have an amazing ministry. We've seen them in action so many times. They're amazing people. We love them. I guess I've known Eloy a little longer than Stephanie, but we're going to get into that story. But Pam, before we get into the story, why don't we open with prayer? Would you lead us? And I just really believe today's podcast is going to minister to so many people, impact their lives. If you're struggling in any way with family, and I think all of us have had our challenges with family, but if you have any struggles in that area, if you're looking for hope, you're looking for healing, I really believe that today talking with our friends Eloy and Stephanie are really going to impact your life. So Pam, why don't you lead us in prayer? God's going to give answers. Father God, I thank you that you impress on me just right now that you're going to go before us and make the crooked way straight today. In other words, Lord, you're going to go before us and lead us with answers, with answers to questions, prayers, answers to situations and challenges that's going to bring us into love and to your joy today. And so I thank you in advance for that, Lord. Every listener today, Lord, you've gone before them and you want to make the way straight for them. We shouldn't have potholes, Lord. People that have gone before us can give us wisdom, understanding in your way and your will. So I thank you today that your way, your will, your straight path will be shown for us so that we can walk in joy and in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys, let's start the story here. Back a few years ago when I first met Eloy and he was single and he was a little bit sad. A little sad. And Eloy, I just want everybody to know, he's an amazing worship leader. Stephanie is an awesome singer, worship leader. Speaker. Um, Speaker. I mean, these people are, for us, for Pam and I, you guys are the most amazing people to be partnered with in ministry. We love doing events with you guys. But I just want the folks to know that when I met Eloy, he was an awesome worship leader, keyboard player, bass player, all that stuff. And he was really doing nothing at the time. He was going to church, but just at a discouraged place in his life. We got to be friends. And a few years later that you met Stephanie after that. Man, it happened like within a couple years. I think it was like March of 2012. And I think we met in 2011, I think it was. And so that time, even though it seems like a year, it seems short. Because I think when when God prepares you for things and you look back, you just feel like the time just kind of went. But, you know, he knew every step that I needed to take even before the day that I met Steph. Remember, Stephen, you'd ask me, hey, can you do this event at the church? And uh, and I'm like, yeah, I can do this event. And then (laughs) then he's like... There were some changes that came along the event, and Stephanie was actually going to be the worship leader. Because so, I had asked you if you would lead worship. Right. And then day after day, whoever was coordinating things, I started getting, yeah, well, now we just want the band, but we're bringing in our own worship leader. And it was like I had to keep getting on the phone and, and demoting you. I had you at the worship <laughs> what, what leader. It appeared to be a demotion, <laughs> right. but it wasn't. I felt like by the time the event came, it was like, uh, hi, Eloy, another change. Now they just want you to carry water. <laughs> and the amazing thing was, though, every time I demoted you on the phone and I would get like, oh, I was so, because I hate doing that to people. 
Every time I demoted you, you were like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, I just want to be a blessing. I'll do it, whatever you want me to do. And so by the time it was done, I don't even want to look at him for a month because (laughs) I feel so embarrassed. And I tell you, and I'm sure people can relate and have those similar situations. But in the moment, you know, I was like, oh, man, I serve all the time in that capacity. But it was just a thought. And I thank God that the Holy Spirit just kept impressing me. You know what? Serve unto me because there was a greater thing. Meaning Stephanie was one of the, the best things in my life. She is my right wing. And when we met that day, it was business as usual. It wasn't like, you know, there wasn't anything that I was looking for necessarily. It wasn't until the end of the night that I kind of cocked my head and like, hmm. Mm. I mean, we've had some conversation before. I mean, this is the guy version. Steph has the girl version with a little more details. Steph does have a girl version. (laughs) But uh, I can just recall that, you know, in those moments, it's okay to see those moments, but I think it's, um, it gives somebody the choice, uh, you know, how are you going to react, yeah. you know, in the physical as opposed to in the mind. And so in that moment, I needed to know, you know, there was a bigger plan to serve. And really, that was my heart to serve. And that's what we did. And God just continued to bless. So yeah, it's I, kind I can't of, regret I that. think that's a great anecdote for how you handle challenges like that, because it seemed to me like you kept getting demoted and demoted. I started off having you as the guest worship leader with your band and it's like I kept getting on the phone and demoting you and and I didn't want to and I hated it but it seemed to me and you like I kept demoting you and then finally you look at God's supernatural plan and God was like oh wait wait a sec here keep saying yes to me because I'm not demoting you that's right I'm actually promoting you into a whole new life and then in walks Stephanie, and she even had the backlighting that was kind of that angelic. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I laid eyes on him, exactly where we were, the room in the church. And even before that, we had talked on the phone and in preparations, which I do with all the worship hosts that are there. We would team up with worship leaders and worship teams. And I remember talking with Eloy and praying with him at the end of our conversation, which we always did. But this time it was different. It was, I described it to my friends later on, like something on the inside of me woke up. So I didn't know what that was about. I kind of did the, I cocked my head to one side and thought, hmm, well, that was weird. I remember meeting him that day. I remember working with him. I remember thinking he is an amazing musician (laughs) and singer. But even more than that, his attitude was with so much humility. And his heart was, it came through above all the talent, above everything else. It was so evident that he was um, very servant hearted and he just walked in humility because there was great talent there. And to see talent mixed with humility is a rare but very beautiful blend. Yes. So it really stuck out to me and he served so willingly and so wholeheartedly. And um, the team was great. It was a great day of ministry. We just really clicked. And um, like Eli said, we weren't necessarily thinking, well, gee, I wonder, until after the event. (laughs) Right. And then I noticed that when he said goodbye to me for the third time, that maybe something was up. (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) And um, I remember the last handshake, the last goodbye, we shook hands and he walked away and my friend who was on tour with us, she ran over and she said, Steph, what was that? 
I'm like, what? We just exchanged information. That's what we do. You know, you're musicians. You find people you click with. So she's like, no. She was like, that handshake was intense. She was like, what's that about? So it kind of started our journey. And uh, what else did she say? The handshake. The handshake heard round the world. Yeah. <laughs> is what she called it. That's awesome. <laughs> but these friends who were on tour with me, they're friends. We walked through life together. Eloy wouldn't have known this at the time, but they had been praying with me for years about a spouse because I hadn't dated in 12 years. And it was a very dormant area of my life, but hope was still alive. It was getting to be a long journey as I walked it and just was believing. But at the same time, you know, sometimes there's an ache that comes with hope in the waiting time. So I was in that time. And these were the friends that were praying with me all through a whole lot of years. So it was fun for that. They got to be a part of this first introduction. And it kind of took off from there. We talked, I think, the next night via text. And then we haven't Stop talking since a year later <laughs> we got right. married. So think about it, you guys, from that point, and obviously stuff with your friends praying for you. You're praying for God's best. You're not praying mm-hmm. for God, do you have like a compromise plan for me? Do you have something that's just kind of like not the A plan, but maybe even if you got like an M or P kind of plan. <laughs> right, no kidding. And you know, Eloy, I know you and I, we were praying for your life for God's best mm-hmm. plans for you going forward. Long story short, you guys obviously are married. Yes. You've been married now how many years? Almost Almost seven. Wow. So we're talking about seven years. Here we are at this point, and God's been doing amazing things in your life and giving you what I think is His best plan. Absolutely. But let's just bring our listeners up to the reality of the story. It's God's best plan, but it was not without its complexities. Correct. Before we got married, I heard the Lord speak um, a sentence to me. He said, it won't be an easy road, but it will be a rich road. And I can honestly say that that statement is has been very true. It hasn't always been easy, but man, it's been a rich road. And the hard moments have led to treasures that I never would have even expected. They're beyond my imagination. Wow. But there were some tricky parts because in our journey, Eloy has two. He had a 14-year-old and a Mm 16-year-old daughter when we met. Beautiful Beautiful, girls. And um, this was a little bit of a different landscape than I was expecting. I hadn't been married. So that really wasn't on my radar to become a part of a blended family. That took some praying through. And just like you said, Stephen, we knew that God was bringing his best. That's what I had waited for. That's what we had prayed for. That's right. And that's what was going to be. And And just think like a mama's heart, like your mom was kind of thrown a little bit just because no one goes into a life expecting obscure things to actually be a best situation you know like what god's design i mean she i mean when i talked to your mama in the past you know it was never her plan for you to marry somebody with kids it just nobody thinks about that kind of stuff not that it's wrong or anything like that but you know god has a unique way of of setting up his children in just unforeseen circumstances and situations but her sharing that with me and then her coming to the realization that like you are the best for my daughter 
yeah. and to hear those words come from her. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. Just a lot of times, I think we read the Word of God and we become clinical about it. We almost, because of the distance in years, we almost sterilize the story. Mm-hmm. And because we've heard it so many times, it's what it's supposed to be. But we forget that if you were right there in the moment, it maybe didn't look to those people like, well, is this God's best? I mean, I want God's best. I mean, everybody wants God's best. Sure. You know, you don't have to live too many years and you start feeling like you're disqualified for God's best. But that's what Jesus is all about. Because of Jesus, we get his A plan right. every day. All the time. And you know, and I remember, Eloy, when you and I first met, I said you were sad earlier. There was a lot of heartache that you had been through. And I think you felt like you were disqualified for God's best. I was struggling. And yet you were willing to say yes to everything God had for you, even when it looked like God was demoting you in a situation. Pastor Stevens phoning you up saying, I got another demotion for you. (laughs) And it's like, God's like, no, 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 listen, I'm bringing you my A plan, some A game here for you. Just keep saying yes to me. And I think of Boaz, got God's A plan. I mean, the thing is, maybe when Ruth first came in and was working the corners of his field where the poor people were, and she was a Moabite. Oh, yeah, that's right. Not mm-hmm. an Israelite, but yeah. a Moabitess. Right. And she'd already been married to a man, now widowed, and she was with Naomi, who she didn't seem to have a lot of money, so living on the poor side of the tracks, and he's incredibly wealthy and also with a lot of influence, maybe thinking, that's not God's A plan. But look at they become the very great, 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 great grandparents of Jesus, the King of all kings. And such right. a such a sweet love story. I have to smile every time I hear about it. It's just such a, a fairy tale, romantic Hallmark movie kind of exactly. love story. Yeah. And you got Boaz, if you were to say it in today's terms, okay, Boaz, uh, we got God's best plan for you here. It's going to be a blended family here. You're going to be, you know, like, it's like, what? What? <laughs> like, we got a Moabitess. Excuse me, hold up here. Like, how many sacrifices is that going to take just to reconcile this matter and sacrifice a bull down the altar, you know? All that kind of crazy thinking that we've got because we think almost like this fairy tale idea that family is instant, love is instant, so true. trust is instant, and yet God walks you through the process. Right. Eloy, there was a process of meeting your bride. There was a process, Stephanie, of coming and meeting Eloy, and it's like God prepares your heart. Mm-hmm. He absolutely does. I remember... It was two, three months after we met, and he and I both knew very quickly that the Lord was really putting our hearts together. There was not a whole lot of question. There were still things that we had to work through and talk through, but as far as our hearts, we knew that we... I quickly knew that I loved him. Mm-hmm. It was The feeling was mutual. It was very strong and a very real thing for me. But I remember a couple months after we met, we were already dating, and I was still touring with this ministry that reached out to mothers and teen daughters. And there was a section in the ministry where these moms um, would pray with their teen daughters. And during that time, I would be on the keyboard playing and kind of creating some atmospheric worship. And I would always just kind of scan the audience and pray for those moms and daughters. And I remember clearly hearing the Lord say to me, what are you doing? And the question caught me off guard. I'm like, I'm praying for them. He said, you have daughters, pray for them. And it was that, that was the first moment that I can say that the girls weren't just Eloy's daughters, they were mine. Wow. And it was a moment of assignment. And we weren't even married, we weren't engaged. 
We walked our early dating days with close counsel. It wasn't something we plastered all over social media because we wanted to walk things in wisdom. We had young hearts at stake here. So, but I remember that moment was even before any ring was on any finger. Jesus assigned my heart to those girls. Beautiful. And I will never forget that moment in Nashville, Tennessee, when his girls became mine and I started praying for my daughters. Stephanie, that's amazing. That's beautiful. No, I love how God tells us things to come. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said in John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak his own message, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And so he already began to write them on your heart. Yeah. Like you said before, you had the ring on your finger. But that's what the Holy Spirit does. He shows us things to come. But as he shows us things to come, and you were a young bride, (laughs) you got to tell us, what's it like to be this brand new bride with suddenly teenage girls? An adventure. (laughs) Um, It was, you know, it was an adventure for all of us. And I have to say, and I've told people this as they've asked about our journey and what it was like. Honestly, the girls, they really made an effort, which I appreciate so much. I mean, you've got, this is brand new territory for everybody when you're beginning to blend a family and they really made an effort to make space and accommodate the newness. It wasn't always easy for them. It wasn't always easy for me. I went from living alone and single to not just being married, but being married with kids. And I remember like the week after our honeymoon, I'm picking up a 10th grader from high school. I'm like, culture shock. This is bizarre. I am totally in the carpool lane. You know, I mean, what just happened here? It was, um, you know, cooking food and I married into a Mexican family, and I am not Mexican. I am Pennsylvania Dutch. You don't get blander cooking than that. Amen. So coming into this family that's used to flavor, I remember our oldest, Alexandra, she was horrified. She didn't tell me. She told her aunt. I heard it kind of secondhand, but she was horrified that I used an Ortega taco mix packet for my taco meat (laughs) because you just don't do that. In a Mexican family, you don't open a packet. You you, use the spices. You use the spices. To me, taco meat was Ortega. So, girl, you weren't just blending family. You're blending cultures. You're blending like south of the border with north of the border. Like, man, you just brought the whole globe together. (laughs) We did. We did. It all lived in one space under the same roof, and you know, it was you know, it was an adventure because you know, my heart wanted to give. But I had to be careful because they weren't ready to receive. That's a good point right there. All that my heart wanted to give them. So I had to kind of do a dance and at times let them lead and follow their cues. And God's doing that with me all the time. He's (laughs) like, I got so much to give you. You're just not ready to receive. Right. So, you know, it was a dance at times. And Eloy was such a grounding presence in all of that, you know, because he's also really a a kingpin in this whole blending thing, being the common denominator between the girls and myself. 
so he navigated a lot of things in private conversations with them and um, trying to hear their hearts and speak into where they were at and yet still maneuver my own heart, which was, let's just face it, it was so immature in a lot of areas because it was undisturbed territory. Right. I didn't know what it was to be married. I didn't know what it was to suddenly be a mom and... I thought I was more mature <laughs> right, right. than I actually was in those early moments because there was so, so many things that were new. I moved across the country, left a lot of my friends. Thankfully, my one sister was here. She was kind of an anchoring place for me, but everything was new. My church was new. Ministry was new in a lot of ways. Everything was brand new. So Eloy really helped to be an anchoring and um, quieting voice during that but time. But I'm sure it was for Eloy, too. You talked about the dance. You know, I want to give more to the girls. You had to do that dance, let them come give more. And I think with probably Eloy, too, those first couple of years were definitely an exhausting dance for him, too. Trying to figure out how yeah. to cover you, his loyalty, of course, is always to his girls. But yet he has a wife now that he's responsible to God for, and Eloy has to cover you. Make you feel safe. That's what the Word says. Wash her with the Word. Wash her with my love, my comfort, my security. So this probably dance behind the scenes and in front of you trying to be honorable to both that God has given him. I'm sure that was quite challenging at times. Yeah. And I had to really trust in the Lord. And I think, you know, people in my shoes in that situation, that's the best you can do. And I thank the Lord that Stephanie made it easier for me. And what I mean by that is that she always led by example. You know, anything that she was expecting of the girls, she did it. She led it. And she would talk about, you know, I'm not quite there. You know, I don't have the relational equity yet to speak into the girls, but she was gaining it and she was gaining it by leading by example. Yeah. But there is that delicate dance. You know, I can recall telling Steph, because, you know, we're still finding our way. Any issues was never about us. There was never a question like, you know, did we get married on accident? We knew 150% that God had ordained us to be together. Yes. But we're navigating new waters that if you've never been through it, you don't always know how to respond. And that's where you need to really tap into, you know, trusting the Holy Spirit, walking in faith, continuing to operate out of joy and not out yes. of fear. Yeah. But there was moments I would ask her or I would say that I don't ever want to be faced with an ultimatum, like who to love. Eloy, I think you're bringing up a really good point here because, you know, as I'm seeing your story you and I praying when you were single, God walks this amazing blessing into your life. Let's face it, you were praying and believing God for a wife, and God brought somebody in your life beyond what you even expected His goodness to be, and that's great. But that said, now Stephanie's in your life, she's your wife. You had to manage the blessings. Absolutely. From your perspective, yes. you know, you're in love, but it's not enough to be in love. You need that empowerment. And I'm pointing at the force of joy right now because you brought it up. You need something that fills your tank, that gives you the ability mm -hmm. to manage the blessing. Because I've always said prosperity brings pressure. Right. If somebody's going to dump off a million dollars worth of gold in your front yard, over here, <laughs> you've got to manage it. You got to have the ability. Mm -hmm 
to process the blessing, contain what God has given you. So how did you, going through these transitional years into this place where you guys are right now, where you're so fluid in ministry, you're able to give to other people, you're able to take your story and encourage other people, how did you manage the blessing? Because it was an adjustment. It was. And I think for me, what kept me grounded is the Lord would always take me back and kind of remind me how it kind of began to meet Stephanie. I was at a point in my life where I had enough of my own thinking, so to speak, trying it my own way. That's good. You know, you hear things growing up, but if you don't put those principles into practice, into your habit, into your lifestyle, then it's just principles. You know, it doesn't become reality until you start doing it. Right. right? And so I had, I remember writing down what I wanted in a wife and writing those out, like literally like descriptive on what I want. And the Lord brought everything in Stephanie to me. So in moments of difficulties, I would go back to that place of what was written down and kind of walk that story in my mind. And managing those blessings came for me going back to those moments, trusting in the Lord that it just was a reminder that even in the moment that seemed difficult or what the situation that I had to manage, I kind of had to read back and kind of walk that beginning path just for a reminder's sake that the Lord was walking with me. So even yeah. though where I'm at now in that situation, I could remember walking, you know, from the beginning to where I'm at now, enjoying seeing how God directed. So that alone was building my faith up, so to speak, and just trusting that what he was putting in me, what he was filling me with and leaning on him. I really had to lean on him. If I tried to make sense of the situation in that moment, I would make it a mess. You know, I had to just learn to really listen to the Lord and just trust that every step, because some steps you take, you just don't know, but you have to walk in faith. You have to keep going. And in those moments where I found myself needing to, you know, get past the situation, God will remind me again of where I came from. I wrote things out, what I wanted in a wife and how he walked me through that. And one of the strategic things the Holy Spirit impressed upon me to write down and to say during my process was, Lord, wire me for Stephanie. Wire me only for her. And I wanted it to be that specific because at this point for me, I just wanted to make her happy in every way. And only the Lord could wire me directly for Stephanie. That's so good. And I know, Stephanie, you have said the key, the bottom foundation is that both of you want to say that, right? Both of us want to grow. Both of us want to become the people that God wants us to be. Stephanie, both of you were in the faith act of surrendering to the new you. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, that person is a new creation, a new creature. The old condition has passed away. And Eloy has given us a practical key here because in the difficult times, he kept coming back to what he asked God for and what God had abundantly yep. blessed yep. him yep. with. Mm-hmm. That's yes. called Philippians 4. 4-4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And it's a, an interesting word. It's the verb of the noun for joy. It's to rejoy. And so you're looking at what God has answered, what God has provided for. Mm-hmm. And Eloy, what I love what you're doing is you're providing for us a how do you do this? How do you activate the blessing in your life? And how do you stay in that place? How do you stay in joy by rejoicing? What you mm-hmm. did was go back to your journal, go back to your notes. This is what I talked to God about. This is what God did. God did this. You know, so many times, Pam, we forget what God has already done. We cognitively, Philippians 4, 8 says, now finally, brothers, believers, 
think on these things. What's true? What is true in God's promise? Jesus died on the cross for us. That's true. To go back to what's true. Jesus answered this for Stephanie to go, oh my goodness, God wrote these girls' names on my heart in Nashville, Tennessee, and gave me an assignment. Before I got the assignment of the ring, I got the promise from God that he just gave me two teenage girls. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to rejoice is to go back. What has God already done? You know, I think of 2 Chronicles 20, when Jehoshaphat was surrounded by an enemy, what did he do with God? He was mourning, the Bible says. Obviously, you're surrounded by terrorists. He's mourning. He's a little bit sad about the situation. He goes back through the Chronicles. He goes through everything. And he says, God, you did this. Hundreds of years ago, you brought us up out of Egypt, out of slavery. God, you did this. You did this. This is what Eloy's doing. God, you did this. I asked for a wife with this. I asked for a wife like this. God, you did above that, beyond that. Stephanie's more than that. You've done this. And then he was saying, in this challenge today, God, I can rejoice because you've already answered my most profound requests and petitions. You've done this, just like Jehoshaphat did. How much more will you take care of us right now? So what do we do? Rejoice. Knowing you, Eloy, you sing a song. (laughs) I know you, you get in a car, (laughs) you crank up the tunes, and you'd sing a worship song. Well, it's the rejoying, like you said, the rejoicing, the joying, because I know both of you and the girls, you have to have patience and see through God's eyes and constantly, because we're human, somebody says something, you feel rejected, you're giving, then all of a sudden, new husband, why didn't he say something there? I mean, there's all these scenarios and you have to immediately come back to reality and rejoice and go, wait a second, I know that he's this. I know that she's that. I know that their heart is this. And seeing through God's eyes always, but without that, if the joy isn't there, you get weaker and weaker and weaker and don't have strength any longer to look through God's eyes to say, oh, wait, I know my husband loves me. Exactly. I know right there I would have liked him to say that, maybe do that, but I know I'm building this road of trust. I know Steph right there. I know that she's this, 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 this. You know, the girls are feeling this. And don't you think that a lot of maybe families, I'm so glad you're writing a book now, because I believe it's going to touch millions of people, giving them answers that they can avoid the pitfalls, avoid going into the ditch from answers that you guys as a family have already walked in and are walking out. But don't you feel like a lot of families, they get into the ditch and can't get out because the joy goes? But Pam, they have some really funny ditch stories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's true. They've got some great stories. But they got out. (laughs) They got out. But sometimes I just love sitting and listening to them talk about falling in a ditch. And then, you know, then all of us can learn how not to get into that (laughs) situation. Right. Why don't you guys give us one of your blended family ditch stories? (laughs) Blended family ditch stories. I think it would have to be the chicken, right? Oh, that's a definitely a fun The one. chicken. Yeah, the chicken. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't a real big meat eater, and I married into a household of carnivores. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that one or two chicken breasts could feed the entire family because, well, why not? And I remember one Sunday after church, we were out to dinner, and Alex very sweetly very gently and kind of out of the blue, just said over dinner, is it me or does anyone else feel like there's not enough chicken? (laughs) (laughs) Obscurely 
and she just brought it up just <laughs> over nachos. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and I was like, oh, am I not making enough food? I just didn't know. And, you know, no one was really speaking up because you're, again, you're doing that dance and you're like, when do I say something? When do I not? And all those kind of awkward moments and how do I say something? And and that's how she brought it up. And from then on, there was ample chicken on the table. (laughs) Sometimes in life, there's just not enough chicken. (laughs) Just can't seem to get enough chicken. Can't seem to get enough chicken. Well, you guys, you know, as I'm listening to your story, I'm thinking, thinking of a couple of verses in Ephesians. And I feel like for a lot of people, as they're looking at the challenges of a blended family or just the challenges of family, we can bring them back to the principles of God's Word. And this is what Paul writes to the Ephesians in chapter 2, verse 19. He says, so then you're no longer strangers and outsiders without rights. I think a lot of people are in a family, technically, but I think they still feel like they're a stranger they're an outsider, and that they don't have any rights. And Paul says this by an unction of the Holy Spirit. It's the Word of God. He says in Ephesians 2.19, you're no longer strangers, outsiders without rights, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, God's family, and you're members of God's family. Yes, We're all part of this amazing genius of God's design, God's blended family. You can call it what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's God's blended family, and we're part of his family by the grace of God through Jesus, his son. And Stephanie, I just want you to pray for those listening who are feeling like they're strangers, they're outsiders, like they don't belong, like they don't have rights. They may be living in a mansion, and they still feel like they're a stranger. They may be in a family like with all kinds of kids and all kinds of people, but they still feel like in the crowd they're a stranger, they're an outsider, and they don't have rights. John 1.12 says here that to as many as did receive and welcome Jesus, he gave them the right, the authority, the privilege to be the children of God. That is to all those who believe and trust and rely on his name. You know, I put more confidence in the blood of Jesus than I do in my own genetics and my own bloodline. I put my confidence in the blood of Jesus. As I look at you guys and just the amazing family that you are, I think sometimes we've attached the stigma to being blended. Mm Mm-hmm. But yet Jesus came to earth to do exactly that because he goes on in Ephesians 3, 6, he says, the Gentiles now are joint heirs with the Jews. And he says, there's no difference between Jew or Gentile, between male or female, between black or white, between, you know, we've got this problem on planet earth where we are constantly trying to be pulling people away from the family of God and separating ourselves in some kind of failed discrimination project where God's like, no, no, through Jesus, there is no male, no female, no Jew, no Gentile. I'm bringing you all into my blended family so that I can give you all the rights and that nobody's walking through life feeling like they're a stranger. So Steph, I'm going to ask you just to pray for those who are listening right now, who that's exactly like they feel like. Mm -hmm. They might be in a family, they might be in a marriage And they feel like they're a stranger. They wake up every day feeling like I'm a stranger in this house. Absolutely. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the gift of Jesus that came to blend Jews and Gentiles to make sure that nobody was on the outside looking in. 
Lord, your word declares that you set the lonely in families. So we bless this organism called family because you have created it. You established it. And Lord, we agree together for those that are feeling alone, even in the midst of a family environment, those that are feeling estranged. Lord, husbands and wives, I ask that you would turn their hearts towards one another again in Jesus' name. Father, that you would even rekindle the places of beginning that would speak new life over them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for families that might be experiencing a blended journey. Father, for kids that are involved and even older children that are involved, even adult children that are involved, all of these dynamics. Lord, I thank you that you just umbrella your grace over every situation, that conversation and communication takes place that helps to build foundations. Lord, that we wouldn't lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways that we would acknowledge you so that you can direct our paths. Lord, I pray that you would bring a spirit of forgiveness in places where there is brokenness and offense and hurt and wounding, that you would bring forgiveness. Father, that you would, Lord, a prayer that Eloy and I prayed so often, I pray it over these families, that your peace would dispel all awkwardness in Jesus' name that your peace would be written on the walls of every home. Father, that your love would cover all aspects of these families. Father, I pray that you would bring restoration where restoration is needed. Bring encouragement where encouragement is needed. Bring joy where it just feels like that fuel is missing. I pray that you would infuse joy and laughter into these homes to be able to laugh at one another and with each other in these moments of learning and moments of blending. Lord, we just thank you so much that you are the author of relationship. You are the author of family. And if you are the author, you are therefore still the finisher in all of these things. So we pray your blessing, your healing, your divine will over every family that's listening. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was so good, Stephanie. You guys, we got to do this more often. This was awesome. This was so good. It's been such a treat just sitting, talking with you guys. And I really know that our listeners have been blessed and that it's empowering. I just want to encourage you who are listening, you probably know somebody that's in a situation, in a family situation that really could use some encouragement. So turn them on to this podcast, talk about it, share it with a friend, and then maybe just get together and have a coffee and pray with them. You know, just spend some time with them and and let them tell you their story. And I know that the Holy Spirit will continue to download wisdom into your heart so that you can be a blessing to them. Pam and I love sitting and talking with you. We love enjoying turning to God's Word and indulging in these testimonies, these great times. Hey, I just want to say that Eloy's got a great song that goes along with this podcast called United. Lifetime Music Presents. Lifetime Music Band is coming out with a brand new single. And so 
now that you know Eloy's an expert at uniting things. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to hear that song from Eloy Martinez. It's awesome. Friends, it's so great being with you. We love you. We pray for you. We think the world of you. Hey, you can take 45 seconds and bless Pam and me by giving this podcast, Life Talks, a great review. Oh, that would be great. Please do that for us. Doesn't cost you anything and it helps our ministry. Just five star us and write a little comment. We want to continue growing together in the family of God. And remember, you you are are born born to to win. Thanks for listening to Stephen and Pam Marshall. To receive more information or more teaching, go to www.stephenandpam.com. Stephen and Pam Ministries is a 501c3 charitable organization, and your gift helps us to take this message to 1,000 communities worldwide.